back, guys, gals, and non-binary pals to the latest episode of Dick Rogers Space Detective. We've gathered quite a few nerds today to help us get into the holiday spirit. And get some holiday spirits into us as well. (laughs) Just not as much as the last time we were drinking here. Wait, when was that? Oh, you remember, in the Mail Order Murder episode, Eleanor and Mike got drunk and- Oh, yeah. That was actually hilarious. Right. Anyway, we've got something really special for you this month. We've got a three-part adventure, which was based on A Christmas Carol. Do we actually have all three parts this time? Surprisingly, yes. Yes, a complete three-part adventure based on A Christmas Carol. Wait, which Christmas Carol? Because if it's The Little Drummer Boy... Or that Mariah Carey song. All I Want for Christmas is You is not a Christmas Carol. What do you mean? It's a song about Christmas. Therefore, it is a Christmas Carol. Something being a carol is more about the practice of caroling than the subject matter of the song. Guys, guys, this is going to be totally confusing for the listeners. We need to introduce everyone to establish who each voice belongs to. And And more importantly, I was referring to A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. All right, the movie with the uh, Muppets. Stop, please. Let's just go around and introduce ourselves. And each of us will say what our favorite Christmas song is. Sure, that would help the listeners identify everyone. Okay, I'll go first. You probably recognize my voice, but I'm Joanna Hemlock. I'd say my favorite Christmas song is... Good King Wenceslas. Weird flex. My name is Eleanor Barclay, and my favorite Christmas song is... The Justin Bieber version of Santa Claus is coming to town. Ew. I really like the shake it, shake it, baby part. I mean, it's the only time I get to shake it to a Christmas song. I'm Mike Nutley, and my favorite Christmas song is the 1962 single version of Santa Claus is Watching You by Ray Stevens. That's a good one. I'm Easy Walter, and my favorite Christmas song is... Sugar Rum Cherry by Duke Ellington. That's one of my favorites, too. I worked retail for a long time, and that's one of the only ones that hasn't been overplayed so much I can't stand it. Uh, I'm Daniel Castle, and my favorite Christmas song is basically anything off that one CD my dad used to play, where all the Christmas songs sound like 80s hair metal. Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Uh, Maybe. It's all like... Yeah, that's it. I'm Marshall Mithers, and there's no such thing as a good Christmas song. That's a cop-out. You've got to pick one. Ugh, fine. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, because I also have garlic in my soul. That has got to be one of the best lyrics of all time. Coburn? Oh, I I wasn't planning on talking. Well, you're here, so you might as well establish yourself. I'm Coburn Washington. I like Silent Night. All right. Back in December of 1971, they broadcast a three-part adventure about Dick Rogers learning the true meaning of Christmas, based on the story by Charles Dickens that the Muppet movie and so many other things were based on. For the next three weeks, we are going to present one episode each Friday to help you get into the holiday spirit. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, just keep the anti-wealth hoarding and pro-worker sentiment of the story in your heart. We hope you'll enjoy Dick Rogers and the Missing Christmas Spirit. Oh, there you are, right on time. Come gather round and make yourselves comfortable. It's that time of year again where we all come together for the betterment of our fellow man. And as part of the old traditions, it's time to share one of the classic tales of Christmas. This time with a fun little twist. 
Yes. This year we'll be telling the tale of how Dick Rogers learned the true meaning of Christmas in Dick Rogers and the Missing Christmas Spirit. Marley was dead to begin with. There was no doubt about that. Uh, oh, excuse me, that's the wrong story. <laughs> Here we go. <clears throat> Professor Willis was dead. Dead as a doornail. Shot down by his own partner and former friend Dick Rogers. After he turned heel and tried to take over the universe. Again. And since the universe was full of people who had very strong opinions on how things were run and who should be in charge, this plan was considered to be a bad move overall. Nonetheless, we meet Dick on December 24th, walking the streets of the Pluto colony, surrounded by the cheer and merriment of the season, having just exited the funeral of one Professor Willis. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! And a Merry Christmas to you, too, sir! Bah, humbug. Dick felt nothing in his heart for the Christmas season, and had been that way for as long as he could remember. Crime doesn't take holidays off, so neither did space detectives. Not Christmas or New Year's, not Boxing Day or Intergalactic Independence Day, and certainly not the Falfus Arbus Day, celebrated by the people of Falfus Nine. No, Dick was a true humbug through and through, not to be confused with the humbugs of Insectus Twelve, who are ironically very jovial, and get their name from their wonderfully harmonious singing voices. Before Professor Willis's untimely death, he and Dick were business partners and had built an impressive empire of private detectives for hire. It's a wide, wide universe, and most everyone needed a good detective at some point. Some were even kept on retainer just in case a stray mystery broke out, like a murder on a train, an unannounced art heist, or when little Timmy tied the butcher's shoelaces together while he was working the meat grinder, and... Well, that's a story for another time. It is this bustling office that Dick returns to with reports to be filled out, paperwork to be filed, expense reports to be... expensed. Afternoon, Mr. Rogers. You're back early. Short service? Couldn't stand sitting there listening to everyone talk nice about someone who tried to take over the universe five times. Well, even supervillains have families and friends. He was your business partner after all. Bah! That's all I have to say about that. Speaking of, remind me to have his name removed from the sign out front. Uh, yes, sir. Right away. As Leandra returned to her desk, a much more cheerful figure burst through the front door. Merry Christmas, Rogers Detective Agency! It was Dick's closest relative, his nephew, Fred Rogers. Much unlike his uncle, Fred was as joyous as can be to see this Christmas Eve day. And of course, the merriest of Christmases to you, Uncle Dick. I swear, if I never hear the word Christmas again, it will be too soon. I swear, Uncle, even you must have some cheer for the season. It takes a lot of energy to be down in the dumps all the time. Not as much as it must take to be so darn cheerful all the time, Fred. Ooh, a sharp wit on you today. What do you want, Fred? I just came from a funeral and I'm in no mood. That's actually why I'm here. I figured the funeral would put you out of sorts and I came to invite you to the Christmas party my wife Clara and I are throwing tomorrow. You've still not met her, and we've been married for over a year now. It's long overdue. And don't give me that look, Uncle. I came here on a mission, and I always get my man. I won't take no for an answer today. <sighs> Will you settle for a maybe? I'll think about it. I'm swamped with case reports to go through. It's going to take all night and tomorrow. However, if I manage to finish early, I will consider your offer. Now, was that so hard, Uncle? Like pulling teeth. And just then, another pair of individuals entered the office. Good evening, everyone, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Didn't you see the sign on the door? No soliciting. 
What do you want? Oh, well, my robotic friend and I were just making the annual charity rounds. Tis the season and all. Tis the season. And what charity do you represent? We're collecting for the needy and the underprivileged, of course. Those that don't have enough to have warm meals during the day or roofs over their heads at night. I fail to see how that's my problem. If they can't afford to live here, they shouldn't have moved to Pluto. Well, no person is truly in charge of their own fate. Statistics show a significant increase in fatalities related to hypothermia and starvation around the winter months. It's Pluto. It's always winter. And frankly, if they're going to die, they may as well get it over with and free up those resources. Pluto's a small planet as it is. The room was taken aback by Dick's harsh words. Well, Uncle, I for one think it's important to do my part, and I'll be making my donation immediately. Many thanks. Fine, whatever. Can you just not do it in my office? I've got work to do. Very well then, Uncle. I still hope to see you tomorrow. Clara makes a wonderful roast Plutonian waterfowl. And with that, the well-meaning intruders finally left Dick to his work. The hours rolled by and evening turned to night. Uh, Mr. Rogers. Yes, what is it? It's closing time. I'm going to head out for the night. Uh, yes, I suppose it is. I still have work to do, so I'll be staying late. I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. That's actually what I wanted to talk to you about. I was hoping to have some time off tomorrow to spend with the family. You know, I don't always have someone to watch little Bippo, especially not on Christmas. I fear his condition is worsening. He sounds more British every day. I'd hate to leave him home alone tomorrow of all days. Fine. Half a day. But I expect you here at noon sharp. Well, it is customary to take the whole day, and as hard as you work... You could probably use a day off yourself. It can't be healthy to work all the time like you do. I know full well what the custom is, but you should know that mysteries don't solve themselves. So half a day, or you'll be trying to solve the mystery of where your missing paychecks went. Fine. I'll see you tomorrow, then. Twelve o'clock, not a second later. During the holidays, we all want our homes to be festive and inviting. For many of us, that means bringing a Christmas tree or tannenbaum into our homes. Fortunately, most people haven't had the experiences to make them aware of how big of a fire risk this poses. For those who are aware of the risk, there's an easy choice to make. When you're at the store getting ready to protect your home and family, the easy choice is Acme Fire Retardant Tree Spray. The best-selling tree spray for seven years running. Sure, you could save a buck and go with Zithrax Tree Spray, but are you willing to risk your family's safety for a dollar? Acme Fire Retardant Tree Spray, number one for a reason. With the office now empty, Dick continued to work in silence, filling out paperwork and filing report after report. The hours ticked by until even the dutiful Dick Rogers had to call it a night. He closed up shop and made his way home, through the empty dark streets of Pluto, a place that most would find depressing to live in. An eternal winter that didn't receive enough natural sunlight for a proper day-night cycle. The colony had to use artificial lamps to make the place even slightly livable. Dick was never bothered by this. The harsh cold kept him on his toes, reminding him how cruel the rest of the universe could be. By now he was used to the cold and dark. He didn't even bother turning the heat or lights on in his own home most days. It was cheap, and he liked it that way. Besides, his nightcap of Zenglorpian whiskey always kept him plenty warm. 
But as Dick Rogers returned to his home that evening, he could not shake the feeling that something was off. His detective sense told him he was being watched or followed. He quickly shut and locked the door behind him. He looked out his windows but saw no one outside his home. But he did hear something upstairs. Footsteps and something dragging on the floor, almost like chains. Dick drew his laser pistol and rushed upstairs to meet his intruder. Whoever's there, I'm a gift detective, and I'm armed, so you'd better come out with your hands up. But he found no one. Dick searched every room and every closet, under every bed and couch, but found no trace of any kind of intruder. (sighs) Maybe Leandra's right. I might be working too hard. I'm starting to hear things. Dick made his dinner and settled in for the night in front of the television, his favorite channel, the Coyote 24-Hour News Network. And today was the funeral for notorious supervillain Professor Horatio Willis, who tried to blow up Neptune 3. Willis's plot was foiled by his own longtime partner, Dick Rogers, and the professor was killed in the process. Dick had trouble focusing on the news story. For some reason, it felt like the image of Willis on the television was looking at him. It sent a chill down his spine as he tried to change the channel. But each time he tried, all he could see was the same image. He banged on the remote and tried changing the channel again. But the image only became larger and larger until... Dick Rogers! Ah! The image of the deceased Professor Willis emerged from the television. His visage was pale, his body wrapped in chains. Dick Rogers, I come to you with a grave warning from the beyond. The spirit of Christmas has vanished from your heart, and now you must repent. Wait, what? You never cared about Christmas when you were alive. What? I would always go out and buy the tallest space tree in the lot to decorate the office. Even this year before I... Well, before I got carried away, Leandra and I spent hours stringing up lights and hanging lengths of garland. Wasn't that just for show for the clients? Besides, I know buying the biggest tree was just a way to get the biggest tax right off. I'm actually hurt. First you ruined my completely reasonable plan to control the universe, killing me in the process, I might add. Now you question my love for Christmas? You just seemed so cynical. Well, I knew you wouldn't approve, so I had to pretend, didn't I? Anyway, that's not why I'm here. I have that whole message from the beyond I've got to deliver. Now, do you mind if we get on with it? (laughs) Sorry. Yes, continue. All right. Now, where was I? Right! I carry the chains I forged in life. Every misdeed and every soul harmed by my hand forged a link. And now, as part of my penance, I must warn you to help you avoid the same fate. This is crazy. You're not real. You can't be. This is some kind of stress dream. Or or guilt. I just, um, I, I feel bad for killing you, and now I'm having a nightmare. Do you? Do I what? Feel guilty for my death. I, uh, I mean, you were trying to blow up Neptune again. So you find scapegoats to justify your misdeeds. My misdeeds? Your rap sheet is way longer than mine. Believe me, it's not a competition. Crap, I lost my place again. Right. Dick Rogers, before the sun rises, you will be visited by three spirits. 
pray you heed their warnings and learn to change your ways, lest you spend eternity bearing the weight of your misdeeds like me. The first spirit will appear when the clock strikes eleven. Can't we just do this all at once and get it over with? No, it's a union thing, apparently. Now, I must depart. Remember, Dick Rogers, when the clock strikes eleven, be ready. And in an instant, the television turned itself off, and the image of Professor Willis had disappeared. Dick was left alone in the darkness. Three spirits. Bah, humbug. This is probably just one of Willis's tricks, trying to get one over on me from beyond the grave, even. I bet he put a hologram projector in my TV. Dick, tired of this evening's events, retired to bed, where he lay unable to sleep. The words of his deceased partner echoed in his head until... And before Dick could rise from his bed, a bright light burst through his window. The figure was obscured by the blinding light. Fear not, Dick Rogers, for it is I, the ghost of Christmas past, here to remind you of your history. Wait, trouble? Psh, it's a seasonal gig. Does this mean you're dead? Ah, don't worry about it. And away we go to view Christmas's long past. And with a wave of their hand and a flash, the two were transported to a new scene. A classroom full of young detectives in training. So, uh, does this time travel trip operate on Terminator rules? What? Why? Well, I mean, I didn't expect to show up naked. What? Oh. <laughs> uh, hold on, let me cover up with my towel. I don't want to know where you've been keeping that. Rule number one of the universe, never go anywhere without a towel. Anyway, the two were transported to a classroom full of young detectives in training. I don't remember this room. Sure you do. Look, there you are at your desk. Why am I a grown man? Isn't this supposed to be my childhood? Dick Rogers, are you ready to earn that? Extra credit for graduation? Why, yes I am, Mrs. Swallow. As long as you're sure your husband won't interrupt us. No, 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 no. This is all wrong. You got the wrong guy. This is my double, Dick Rogers' porn star. This is one of his movies. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. Most people we do this for don't have doppelgangers. Uh, let me try again. And with another flash, Dick and Trouble were transported to a lively Christmas party. Music and sounds of merriment suffused the air. There were gay decorations, sumptuous food, and merry revelers cutting a rug on the lighted dance floor. Okay, this I remember. This was Maurice Sommelier's last Christmas party. He was my old boss before I went into business with Willis. Jeez, I forgot how we went all out for these things. He rented out the entire Nakatomi space station for this. All right, everyone. Simmer down for a moment. I have something I'd like to say. I've lived a long and varied life, but this year has been one of the best. I'm lucky and grateful to have you all here with me today. I wish you all happiness and health for the next year so we can all gather again next Christmas. A toast to you all. All right, all right, enough sappy words. Clear the dance floor, I'm about to bust loose. 
Everyone seems to be having a good time. Funny, I don't see you, Dick. Yeah, that's because I was over in the corner spiking my own punch. It was already spiked, but not enough for my liking. And who's that with you? That would be Janet, my ex-wife. Well, my fiancé at the time. I still can't believe he spent this much on all of this. It's a wonder he doesn't run his finances into the ground. I'll lighten up for once, Dick. It's Christmas. Try to have a little fun. Hard to do that when there are cases to be solved. Crime doesn't sleep, and it doesn't take a holiday. Can we not do this for once? Just for Christmas. Please. Fine. I need to get some air. It's a space station. The air is the same everywhere. You better not be going out to smoke. I told you to quit that. I know what I said. I see you've always been a party pooper. The job came first. That's always been my M.O. You can't tell a victim's family, sorry, we can't catch the guy who did this. We have a Christmas party to go to. As Dick Rogers of days past left the party, he crossed paths with an uninvited guest. Oh, sorry, buddy. Oh, no. Excuse me and my friends. We were just late for the party. Uh, Here, let me get that door for you. Who is that guy? Uh, Franz Fruber, uh, one of Maurice's ex-partners. Bought him out of the business. I thought Maurice had invited him to bury the hatchet over the whole thing. All right, everybody, get down. He did not. I did say this was Maurice's last Christmas party. Yeah, I can see why. You don't have to show me the rest. I heard what happened. Janet took over and pretty much single-handedly resolved the whole situation. She was a real pro. Yippee-ki-yay! That sounds like a non-stop thrill ride that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, but I wasn't there to see it. I took the space car back to our quarters and drank myself blind. I think I get the picture. I've always been a stick in the mud. Can you send me home now? If you insist. Hopefully you'll learn something from this. And in a blink, they were gone. Dick found himself back in his bed, awaiting the arrival of the next spirit. And that brings the first episode of this adventure to a close. Hopefully this will help you all at home find the Christmas spirit. There's nothing more festive than a real, fresh Christmas tree. But most families don't need to hear a commercial from a national manufacturer to tell you that they pose a real risk of fire. But when you're at the store looking for a fire retardant tree spray, you may be tempted to think that Acme Tree Spray is the best option. If you look closer, you'll see that Zithrax Tree Spray is available everywhere Acme is available. Also, Zithrax product scientists have done extensive testing and found that Zithrax Tree Spray is every bit as effective as Acme while being much more economical. Don't fall for scare tactics from Acme. Buy Zithrax Tree Spray and be confident that your family is just as safe while walking away with an extra dollar in your pocket. So join us again next time for the second episode of Dick Rogers and the Missing Christmas Spirit. A Merry Christmas to you and yours at home, and Happy Holidays to everyone else. Until next time. And that was part one of Dick Rogers and the Missing Christmas Spirit, coming to you from the nerds, the nerdiest podcast group this side of public radio. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Daniel. Happy Christmas uh, to one and all. I feel like that's what you say at the end. Right. Uh, I just thought, you know, I'd say it at the end of all three episodes. 
Right. Well, I'd say that was a good way to kick off our official holiday season content. Yes. If you didn't catch it at the beginning, this month is going to be a little bit different. That's right. We're coming to you each week for the next three weeks leading up to Christmas. (laughs) Wait, so when are we recording the next set of bumpers? Oh, I figured we'd just go straight into the next episode once we get through the sign-off here. Right. So, like, tell people um, about the Dick Rob... Dick Rogers podcast and uh, like subscribe and stuff. I think it's time for the handles, Mike. Right. We're on Facebook at Dick Rogers Pod, on Instagram at Dick Rogers Space Detective, and Twitter at Rogers Space. And you can join the nerds on Patreon at patreon.com slash space underscore detective. And make sure you subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And maybe leave us a five-star rating if you think about it. But be sure to join us for your next dick appointment. Same space time, same space place. Wait, 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 wait. So what is your favorite Christmas movie and why is it Die Hard? (gasps) Oh no, we are not getting into this now. Why can't you just admit that Die Hard is the best Christmas movie? Um, Mike, credits? Yes. Okay. This episode's nerds are Wendy Wilbert as Joanna and Dick Rogers. Angela Ventress as Eleanor, reporter, trouble, teacher, and Janet. Michael Storm as Mike Nutley, Person 2, Charity Robot, and Franz Fruber. Emily Anderson as AZ Walter, Professor Willis, and Maurice. Erica Wilson as Marshall, Person 1, Leandra, and Charity Robot. Logan Wright as Daniel Castle and Fred Rogers, and Nicholas Johnson as Coburn Washington, narrator and Dick Rogers porn star. Dick Rogers and the Missing Christmas Spirit was written by Logan Wright, Angela Ventress, and Michael Storm. Sound design by Michael Storm. Music by Nicholas Johnson. Audio editing by Nicholas Johnson.